Okay, good morning everyone. Shalom Aleichem, Baruch to the Koilel Agra de Pirka nationwide. Parshas Truma. We're embarking upon Chodesh Adar. Already tonight, Rosh Chodesh Adar, Mishanichnas Adar Marben Basimcha. We have a very interesting subject today. We're going to speak about the most important Kli in the Beis Hamikdash, namely the Arayim. And the Torah tells us regarding the Arayin, "Va'asisa shnayim kruvim zahav." You should make two golden golden cherubs. Miksha ta'asa oisam. You should make them banged out. Mishnei kitzayis hakapayras from the two sides of the kapayras. So you have to make two cherubs. Make sure you bang them out. You can't make them and then melt them on top, smolder them on top. No, you have to bang them out of the cover. Now, where do you put the kruvim? So the Pasik says, Va'asei kruv echad mikatsam izeh. Put one kruv on one end, kruv echad mikatsam izeh, and another kruv on the other end. Min ha-kapoyres, from the kapoyres itself, ta'asuas ha-kruvim. You should make the kruvim al-shnei ketzayisav on its two sides. So there's one basic question over here. Because Pasik Yud Ches already said, make two kruvim, make them out of gold, on the two sides, so what exactly are we missing? Why does the Torah then have to say, and make one on one side and one on the other? We got that already. It said make two, and they should be on the two sides. It said, V'asisa pasuk yurches, V'asisa shnayim keruvim, Mishnei ketzaysa kapoyres. So what is pasuk yurches adding? V'asei kruv echad mikatsem izah, V'kruv echad mikatsem izah. Says Rashi, you might have thought, that you should make two kruvim for each side. Therefore, the Pasuk says, no, one on one side, one on the other. In other words, it says make two kruvim. Make them on the two sides. So you would think there should be a total of four. Two on one side, two on the other. That's what I would have thought. Had it been for Pasuk Yerches, comes Pasuk Yertes, and Pasuk Yertes says, no. Ba'asei kruv echad mikatsa mizeh, kruv echad mikatsa mizeh. So that's very difficult. If in fact I would have thought that you should have a total of four kruvim, and therefore I need pasuk yotes to say no, one on one side, one on the other. So then just say, pasuk yotes, make one kruv on one, make one kruv on the other, and I don't need clarification. Why leave it vague and ambiguous and unclear, and then need to clarify? Just say straight, make one on one side, one on the other. Then we come to the badim of the arayin. Vetabeo In the rings of the arayin should be poles. Don't remove them. Says Rashi la'olam. Never ever remove the poles. This is a very strange commandment. It's a lav in the Torah to remove the poles of the arayin. So what's amazing is we know we carried the shulchan by the poles. And yet you were allowed to remove the poles of the shulchan. We carried the mizbeach by the poles. And we were allowed to remove the poles of the arayin. And the arayin, you did not need the poles to carry the arayin because the arayin carried those who carried it. So you would think if there were if there was ever a kliyid whose poles were expendable, it would be the poles of the aron. No, the poles of the aron you can never take out. What's that all about? Why could you not take out the poles of the aron? 
We come to Sefer Malachim and we encounter one of the most unusual and startling pieces of information. And that is, even though the Torah says make two Kruvim, there's a man by the name of Shlomo Amelach, and he decided to make some upgrades to the temple. And instead of making two Kruvim, he added another two Kruvim, which is <laughs> Haflavafela, because you know, in the end of Parshas Yisroi, when it talks about not making Avodah the example Rashi gives is if instead of making two Kruvim, you make four Kruvim, that is considered Avodah Don't think because I gave you license to put cherubs on top of the box, so cherubs is like the design of choice in the temple. If you add to it, it's Avodah Zarah. So what does Shlomo HaMelech do? What does he do? He makes two more Kruvim! Look in Malachim Aleph. Parag Vav, Pasuk Chav Gimel, Techavav. Vayas Badvir, he made an Advir, Shnei Kruvim, two cherubs, Atzei Shaman of, of olive wood. Eser Amois Koimasai, ten Amois tall. I mean, these guys were big Kruvim. These guys are 20 feet tall. These were, they had a wingspan of 10 feet. I mean, we're talking bigger than an eagle. The you know, there was an eagle spotted in Maine this week. I mean, these cherubs were unbelievable. The Chamaish Amois, Kanaf Hakrovachas, five Amois, were the wing of one cherub. The Chamaish Amois, Kanaf Hakrovachas, and five Amois was the wing of another cherub. Eser Amois, ten Amois, Mikitsois Kenafav, from the end of its wings. We have Kitsois Kenafav until the end of its wings. So each cherub had a wingspan of five Amois, so from one to the other it's twenty feet. Vieser Baama Kruvasheni, ten Amos towards the second Kruv, Mida Achas, the Ketzevecha, Lishnea Kruvim. So each guy was 10 amos tall. The wingspan was 5 amos each. Combined wingspan of 10 amos. What's going on over here? Look in Rashi and Divrei Yomim. Vahoyu kanfei akruvim matin min akoysel These guys hovered over the entire kapoyres. Hovered over the arayin. Besides these kruvim, we're the Kruvim that Moshe made. Menaka Poiris, Adaina Dukin, Medubakim, Akvaris. The Kruvim that Moshe made came out of the Kapoiris itself. Va'oim Dimalav. And they stood on it. And says Rashi, yeah, don't wonder why Shlomo did this. He, he made more Shulchanois. He made more Menorahs. But today the question at hand is, what in the world is Shlomo doing? God told Moshe, make two Kruvim. And Shlomo made four Kruvim. How could he do such a thing? So the Chida, quoting a Rishon, Rav Vidal Hatzarfasi, he says, if you remember many years ago, this goes back, I don't know, eight, nine years ago in the summer in uh, Agar the Perka, we learned Masech the Tamid. So I told you at the time, the most important Pasuk to remember is the Pasuk in Divrei Hayamim, that the Pasuk says, Hakoil Bechsav, that David HaMelech says about the construction of the Beis HaMikdash, everything was in writing, Miyad Hashem, from the hand of God, Allah Hiskil, He gave me the intuition, 
All the work of the imagery. Which means, don't think that when David drew the architectural plans of the Mishkan, he was just an artist or he was uh, artistic. No, everything David wrote was divinely inspired. God communicated to David and Shlomo. All the details, all the discrepancies, all the differentiations, all the nuances of difference between the Beis Hamikdash and the Mishkan. So therefore, don't ask how could David and Shlomo do something different than they had in the Beis Hamikdash than they had in the Mishkan. This is the principle of Hakol Bechsav Miyad Hashem Olai Hiskel. Now, question: The Chida says, "Well, that's not a good enough answer." You know why? Because it's very nice that God told Shlomo and David how to make the Beis Hamikdash, but we have a principle: Haloi Ein Navi Rashoi Bechadish Dover Meata. Once God told Moshe Rabbeinu the details of Torah, it cannot be manipulated, it cannot be changed, it cannot be added to by a Navi. We just had him the Megillah and Daf Gimel. The Gemara says that the final letters of the Hebrew alphabet, Menatzbach, Tsoifim Amram. And the Gemara says, well, what do you mean Tsoifim Amram? If God didn't tell Moshe, or if God only gave Moshe one kind of letter, then the Nevi'im can't change it. So the Gemara says that, that it was always uh, known and then it was forgotten and the Nevi'im brought it back. But how, how does it help? It doesn't help to say, HaKol B'Sav Miyad Hashem Alai Hiskil. Very nice, it's divinely inspired, but a Navi cannot change Taira. And therefore the Chida, citing Rav Vidal HaTzarfasi, says, the Navi is not changing the Taira, but in fact, God told Moshe Rabbeinu about the possibility of making another two Kruvim. Now before I uh, tell you the Chidaz Pshat, I want to show you what the Chassam Sofer writes in a Tshuva. Chassam Sofer writes in a Tshuva, he explains the Pasuk as follows, Kichal asher ani oisicha eis tavnis hamishkan v'yeis tavnis kol kelav v'chein ta'asu Literally, it means, in accordance with what I show you, the image of the Mishkan, and the image of all the Kalim, so should you do for all generations. Simply, that means, God is saying, that when you build the Beis HaMikdash, you build the first temple, the second temple, it needs to be following what I told Moshe Rabbeinu on Har Sinai. But the Chassam Soifer says, in sort of answering this type of question, that how could changes be made in the Beis HaMikdash that were not instructed to Moshe, Says Chassam Sofer that the rule that Ein Navi Rashi L'Chadesh Davar is when God tells Moshe Rabbeinu something, a Navi cannot come along and say, "Well, nowadays in the Mikdash we need to do it this way." But here in this case, God told Moshe, just like I'm showing you, just like I'm showing you the image of the Mishkan, the image of the Kalim. So should you do in the way that I instruct the Nevi'im throughout the generations. In other words, God is telling Moshe that regarding future Batei Mikdashos, I will instruct the Navi how to do it. So even though Ein Navi Rashi L'Chadesh Davar, that's when God told Moshe, and then he comes to the Navi and he says, well, do it this way, do it that way. But when God tells Moshe that regarding future construction... I will let the Navi know, TBA, to be announced, 
So it's already recorded in the Torah that for future construction, God will let the Navi know that's not a violation of Ein Navi Rasha Lechadish Dover, because the Torah itself is is legislating that for future construction, God is letting Moshe know that I'm going to tell the Navi. That's the Chsam Seifa. However, the Chida, according to Ravida Hatzarfas, he says, that the Kruvim of Shloimei HaMelech have already been alluded to in the Diyukim of the Pasuk. Because if you look carefully at the Pasuk, it says, V'asisa Shnayim Kruvim, V'asei Kruvecha Mikatsa Mizeh, Kruvecha Mikatsa Mizeh, which we say, we already said implies there are four Kruvim. Two on one side, two on the other. So, says the Chida, he says, God already gave the template and the plans of the Beis HaMikdash to Moshe standing and he gave it to Yehoshua. So the plans of the first Beis HaMikdash are already given. Says the Rabbi HaTzarfasi, the additional two Kruvim are already alluded to in the Pasuk. How's that? First of all, Ve'asisa va'ase. Second of all, you have one set of Kruvim, El HaKapoyres, Yepnei Kruvim. Some Kruvim are facing the Kapoyres, and some Kruvim are Pneya Mishel Achiv. How is that? The answer is, there can be. God is telling Moshe Veno, if you would like, there could be two different sets of Kruvim. And this is elucidated by the Arachayim HaKadosh. Arachayim HaKadosh says, we find that Shlomo made two Kruvim, two additional ones to what Moshe Rabbeinu made. And number one, how could Shlomo do that? How could he deviate from what Moshe was commanded? Number two, how could he make such big Kruvim? He made monster Kruvim. These are huge Kruvim. Says the Arachayim Kadosh that the pasuk is Maramez by saying Shnayim Kruvim Mishnei Ketzayis Hakapores Vaasei Kruvechad Ukruvechad. Why does it have to say Beis Pa'amim Vaasisa Vaasei? Number two, the whole pasuk is extra. Once it says make two Kruvim on the two ends of the Kapores. I think we understand one on one end, one on the other. Why would you think two on one end and none on the other? And then why does it say again, What are the words even adding? Says the Orachayim HaKadosh, Hashem is being Meramez to the mice of two Kruvim, two different Kruvim that will be built in the Beis HaMikdash. Besides the Kruvim that Moshe made, so, Keneged, the Kruvim of the Mishkan. It says, Ve'asisa, you're going to make it. Because two, you're going to make. And Keneged, the Kruvim of the Beis HaMikdash, that, Va'asei, Va'asei. Those are, that, that will be done. In other words, you're not going to do it, Moshe. It will be made. 
he's uh, commanding on the construction of it for a different time. So aside from the two Kruvim that are mentioned, that are on the two ends of the Kapoires, you're going to make Kruvechad Mikatsa Mizah, so they're going to be standing on the ground. In other words, Hashem is telling Moshe, you're going to make two Kruvim, and they're going to be from the two sides of the Kapoires. And it will be made, one Kruv on one side, one Kruv on the other, they will be Al-Shnei Now, if it's Al-Shnei they're not going to be on the Kapoira. So for them to be hovering over the Aroin, they're going to have to be quite tall and have quite a large wingspan. And this is, so to speak, the signal to Shloimai that his construction of an additional two Kruvim is not a violation of in Navi Rashoi L'chadesh Davar, but it's alluded to in the very Psukim said to Maishar Abinu. So, what is mutal aleinu? What is our responsibility now? And by the way, the Chassam Soifer, likewise, in Mahadura Tulisai, he says, also similarly, why does it say in the beginning, al shnei which implies two kruvim on both ends, and why the second time does it say asay, and afe asisa? So it says Uchsam Sefer, because Baruch is giving Rishus to make two sets of Kruvim if, if you want. But you should make one Mikatsa Mizeh. And from there, Shlomo HaMelech learned that he was authorized to make another, an additional set of Kruvim. So what is incumbent upon us is, while Shlomo HaMelech had the right to do this, but what prompted him to do this? Why did he want to do this? Is it just because he found the remez that there can be an additional set of kruvim? Why were there no kruvim in the times of Moshe and there were kruvim in the times of Shlomai? What happened in the times of Shlomai that we needed to add these kruvim? So who are we to enter the secrets of the uh, details of the Mishkan? After all, only B'Tzalel was able to make the Mishkan. B'Tzalel so B'Tzalel was B'Tzal Ka, he knew the secrets of the Mishkan, but nevertheless, let's try to understand, according to our level, what was the objective of these additional Kruvim, why Davka did Shlomo HaMelech want to make them, asks the Be'er Yosef, Le'izek Havana Osa Shlomo B'Beis HaMikdash, Oid Shnei Kruvim. For what intention did Solomon make an additional two Kruvim that stood on the ground in addition to the Kruvim that were on the Kapoires that were in the times of Moshe Rabbeinu? And yes, everything was Benavua, like it says, but there had to have been a specific reason, a specific message, what was the purpose of these Kruvim? So, I would like to share with you today the approach of the Nefesh HaChayim, Rav Chaim Velazhner, the Chassam Soifer, as well as an original thought. Let's talk about the poles of the Arayim. The Gemara says in Yuman Dafayim Bey, someone who removes the poles of the Arayim gets Malkus. However, by the Mizbeach or the Shulchan, the poles are only in the kli when you carry them, but there's no chiyuv that they should always be in it, and if you remove it, there's no lav. Well, says the Meshachachma, let me explain to you. 
The Arayin is a remez to the Kesser of Tyra. Tyra is available to whoever would like it. Anybody has the ability to learn, to become great in learning, to delve into all Miktsoyis HaTayra. Here's the issue, here's the problem. If somebody were to immerse themselves in Tyra, then how do they live? How do they pay the bills? How do they survive? How do they support their family? How do they pay rent? How do they buy clothing? How do they eat food? So unfortunately, there is a improper attitude. And that is, that's their problem. That's not my problem. <laughs> they made the decision not to be gainfully employed. So it's their problem how uh, they will support myself. Luckily, I made the good decision, or my father sent me to school, and I'm gainfully employed, and I don't got to worry about myself. And this Talmud Chacham, well, you know, you can't have, a, you can't have your cake and eat it. You want to learn Torah? So suffer and learn Torah. What do you want from my life? But Chazal tell us, no, that's not a proper attitude. Chazal tell us that the Talmud Chacham needs support. And it is incumbent upon those who are gainfully employed to give commerce and give sustenance to the Talmud Chachamim in order to preserve the Torah. In fact, the Gemara says in Yuma, the Asisa Lecha Aroinates, you should make for yourself a box of wood, and it says they should make a box of Atsay Shittim. From here, it's very interesting. Um, it says you should make it, they will make it, and basically, Chazal Darshan from there, that uh, Talmud Chacham doesn't go to work. In other words, the people of the city, they have to do the Malacha the Talmud Chacham. Says the Meshachachma, this is the meaning of the Badim of the Arayin. The Badim of the Arayin are the support of Torah. And lest a person say, okay, I already gave tzedakah, my shul made three appeals this year. I gave $100 to each one. I give a quarter to the pushka every morning. So on my tzedakah, I'm really good. No, the Torah says there need to be Badim in the Arayin. And when it comes to the bottom of the Mizbeach, and it comes to the bottom of the Shulchan, you could take them in, you could take them out. But when it comes to the bottom of the Aroin, they always have to be there. You can never remove them. It is an obligation and responsibility that every person of ability has to ask themselves, how am I supporting the Torah today? Like Chazal say in the Yushalmi, that if a person didn't learn, and he didn't teach, and he didn't preserve, and he didn't keep the mitzvah, but he didn't have the financial ability to support Torah, and he supported Torah, he is blessed. And I tell you, I am just as guilty as anybody else. Sometimes you see at a dinner, this place, they honor some wealthy guy, and you say, what? They're honoring him? That oisvarf. That, he, what does he keep? What does he know? No, Chazal say that even if someone is not observant of mitzvahs and they support the Torah, they are blessed. On the other hand, Chazal say that if someone keeps the Torah, he learns, he observes, he teaches, but he's able to support and he doesn't support, he's the opposite of Baruch. And therefore, the Torah says when it comes to the support of Torah, 
Don't say, I gave Lakewood three and a half years ago. I gave the yeshiva last year. I gave this koilel two weeks ago. I gave this person seven days ago. We have to ask ourselves daily, how did I support Torah today? That is the love of the Torah. Says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky along the same lines, if the badim are the support of the Torah, and Chazal say, Le'olam, Betaba'ois Ha'aroin, Yiu Ha'badim, Le'yasuru Mimenu, Le'olam, Le'olam means as follows, Chazal say in Psachim, someone who supports Tamei Chachamim, he will be up there in the heavenly yeshiva, together with the Talon Chacham, as the Pasuk says, in the shadow of wisdom will be the shadow of money. Meaning, you think upstairs in the Shamayim, now the Tamar Chacham, he doesn't need the Oishar, he doesn't need the supporter. So maybe the Tamar Chacham, he's like in some kind of um, rarefied territory, and the supporter is, you know, in the back seat. No. The same way in this world, Tamar Chacham was not able to learn without the assistance of those who were the Badim, Lo'olam, those Badim are inextricable from the Talmud Chacham, not only Ba'olam Azeh, Ba'olam Haba as well. And the Chassam Seifer takes this even further. Chassam Seifer says he heard from his Rebbe, uh, Rav Nassim Adler, that we know in the Arayin were the Luchais, the Luchais represent the Torah. And the two Kruvim on top of the Luchais, Says Achsam Seifer, he heard from his Rebbe, are two Tamidei Chachamim who are discoursing in Torah pleasantly. They're learning one to the other. They are facing the Kapoires that their older Kavana is to be Mechavim to what it says in the Luchais. And what are the two Badim? The two Badim are the Machzikei Torah. They're the supporters of Torah. Eitz Chaim Hilamachazikamba. Lest the person think, ah, I'm the supporter of Torah. You know how that Talmud Chacham learns? I support him. You know how that yeshiva operates? I fund it. You know how that Kailo works? I'm the, I'm a staunch advocate. The Torah rests on me. I'm the supporter of the Torah. But we know it's just the opposite. Because Chazal say the Aroin was noisei es noisav. The Aroin carried those who supported it. So instead of thinking, I support the Torah, one needs to realize, I'm not supporting the Talmud Chacham. I'm not supporting the Yeshiva. I'm not supporting the Torah. By me having the Zuchus to contribute toward a Yeshiva, the Yeshiva is holding me up. The Yeshiva is supporting me. The Yeshiva is noisei the yeshiva is carrying me. So the same way, the badim can never be removed, but the badim don't carry the aroin, the aroin carry the badim. Likewise, the, it's not the machzike Torah who are machzik the Torah. The Torah is noisei es noisav. Now we come to a very interesting and complex phenomenon. And that is, the positioning of the Kruvim. Because Marvin Aboisai, in order to understand the Kruvim of Solomon, we need to understand how the Kruvim were positioned in the Beis HaMikdash. 
And basically in Baba Basra and Aptali test we have Machloikis, Rav Yochan and Rav Lazar. One says they faced each other and one says they faced the bias. And how do we reconcile that? So one opinion is they faced Ishalachiv, and one opinion is Pneum Labayas. The Gemara says, according to the Manda Omar, they faced each other. What does it mean they faced the bias? That's talking about when we don't do the will of Hashem. When we don't do the will of Hashem, they turned away from each other. When we do do the will of Hashem, they faced each other. The Gemara says, what about the opinion that status quo was they were facing the bias? But, but the Pasuk says, So the Gemara says, no. They were sort of on an angle. They weren't looking at each other straight up, sort of like you talk to your friend, where you're not like staring him straight on the eye, you're turned a little bit to the side. Rav Chaim has a very in-depth discussion about this Gemara. And we're just going to take uh, one particular thing from Rav Chaim Rukhaim Velazhenor explains this Gemara, and he's also bothered that what does it mean that in the times of Shlomo, the Kruvim, so to speak, were tilted away from each other, and the times of Moshe, they were sort of facing each other straight on? The Gemara Brachai, Salam and Hamad discusses the you know age-old um, discussion, should a person learn all day long or go to work? And basically, it's a machlekes. On the one hand, the Torah says, And so you would think, okay, you should literally learn day and night, but then it says, gather in your grain, which implies, you got to get a job. The Rajbi says, can you plant, can you plow in the time of plowing? What's going to be with the Torah? So the Rajbi says, if you do the will of God, Torah, if you do the will of God, your malacha will be taken, will be carried out through others. If you don't do the will of God, then v'yasafta de ganecha. So Rabbi Shmuel says, you got to get a job. And the Rajbi says, Look, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, then uh, God will uh, provide you somehow. It's only if you don't, you're not doing the will of God, then you should go out and work. Which is very difficult. You're telling me v'yasafta deganecha is when you're not doing the will of God? The pasuk of v'yasafta deganecha is in the parsha of ula avdoi b'chol levavchem. Talking about Jews who serve God with all their heart. How can you say v'yasafta deganecha is speaking to someone who's not doing the will of God? So Reb Chaim basically explains this Gemara, that even Rabbi Yishmael, who says that you're allowed to go to work, it does not mean that you can interrupt from Torah study and, and work. As if in that moment you're not going to learn at all? What Rabbi Yishmael means, says Reb Chaim is in a very high madrega, is Han Heg Vahen Minag that even while you're working, you should be learning in your mind at the same time. Obviously a very high level. However, 
many people tried to follow the Rajvi. The Gemara says many people tried to follow the Rajvi, and it didn't work out. Says Rebbe that means many people. For many people, it's not going to work out. It's not going to work out for many people that they could spend their whole life learning Torah and not interrupt for Parnasa at all. But an individual that has the capability of doing so, he's responsible to do so. And then, others will carry out his parnasa. The Pasuk V'yasafta Diganecha, even though it's in the parsha of Bizman Sha'oisin Ritzoyinoy Shalmakayim, but that's for the Rabbim, for the Rabbim who are doing Ritzoyinoy Shalmakayim, the Yachid then cannot go ahead and if he's capable of fulfilling the objective of, of, of Rabbi Shem Ra'ichai, he needs to do so. Let's go. Let's get to the upshot. Says Rabbi Chaim Velazhner. The Kruvim, they represent God and B'nai Israel, And in commensurate with the closeness and the Devekos of Klal Yisrael to Hashem, that was reflected and manifest in the standing of the Kruvim. When Klal Yisrael was absolutely dovuk ta'kadosh baruch Hu, super focused, without having, thinking about, how am I going to make a living? How am I going to support my family? They were focused just on a Kaddish Baruch Hu. So then God and Knesset Yisrael were, were opposite each other, completely focused on each other, not diverting and deviating in any direction. And then... That's talking about the era of the Dar Hamidbar when HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent down Mon Min HaShamayim and Klal Yisrael did not have to um, go out and earn a Parnasa. However, that was the generation of the Midbar where they were completely focused on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, not turning in any direction other than Torah and Avoidah and Hikisa Yom and Valayla and they, they did not have to fulfill any v'yasafta de'ganecha, they were like the two kruvim u'pnei mishalachiv. However, says Rav Chaim in the times of Shlomei HaMelech, that Klal Yisrael was not on the madrega of, of perfect bitachon, to rely only on HaKadosh Baruch And now they had to turn a little bit and think, okay, how am I going to support myself? How am I going to have parnasa? Which is the Ratzon, according to Rabbi Shmuel, that for the Rabbim, the Rabbim under such circumstances has to be focused on an, a natural way of making Parnasa. Yeah? So, in the times of Shlomei HaMelech, when the Klal Yisrael had to turn away just a little bit, so that's what it means. It was Sadudeit Sadudeit. That's why in the times of Shloimai, the Kruvim were turned just a bit away from each other because they were not on the Madrega of absolute reliance of Hashem to rely just on the Mun. Now they were sort of thinking in the back of their mind, okay, we have to, we have to utilize natural means to support ourselves. So what we learn, Rabbi Isai, from the uh, from the Nefesh Achayim, is there was a change in approach and in attitude in the times from between Moshe and Shlomai. 
in the times of Moshe Klaiso were solely focused only on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that their livelihood, their sustenance comes only from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore it was Pnei Mishalachev. In the times of Shloimai, they couldn't subside just on that type of existence. They thought a little bit about natural means. Now, Rabbi Sai, Chassam Soifer explains why it was necessary for Shlomo to add two Kruvim in the times of Shlomo HaMelech. The Chassam Soifer learns in his third edition that the two Kruvim on top of the Arayim that were made out of the Kapoiras themselves, they represent two Tamide Chachamim. And the truth is, in the times of Moshe Rabbeinu, all that was needed were two Tamide Chachamim. People who learned Torah all day. And where did the Parnasa come from? It came, they, God provided for them, God sustained them, God nourished them. They had honey from a rock, they had mun from the heavens, they had slub from the heavens, they had water from the Be'er. And the world only needed two Tamide Chachamim. There was no need for Hachzakas HaToyra. All we needed were Pneim Ishalachiv, two Tamide Chachamim, because they were they were just reliant on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. However, in the times of Shloimai, it was a different kind of existence. It was a little bit more of a natural existence, says Achsam Soifer. Now we needed two Kruvim. We needed not only Tamid HaChachamim, we needed Zavulan, who would go into the workforce and support the Tamid HaChachamim, support the yeshiva, support those who are learning when the world is in its idyllic state and everyone is to completely reliant on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then everyone will be Tamid Chachamim and uh, maybe the nations of the world will be able to be, provide for us. We won't need the concept of Yisachar and Zavulan. We won't need these two added Kruvim. But in the times of Shlomo, says Achsam Seifer, we were not Zoycha to that. So we needed another two Kruvim to be Mefarnes to Tamid Chachamim. The truth is, says Achsam Soifer, Hashem allowed Moshe to make another two Kruvim. But in time they didn't need it because they were on such a high madrega, they were totally reliant on Hashem and therefore they didn't have to provide an extra two Kruvim. Says Achsam Soifer, kach, shnei Kruvim al-Ikaram al-Shnei The two cherubs were the two Tamil Chacham. Asher Pneim Ishel Achiv. That their face was one to their brother, Sheyu Noichim Zalazah. That they were pleasant to each other. Upneem elakapoiras. And they, in the times of Moshe, they faced the kapoiras. Their focus was on the luchais to uphold the Torah. But now we need another two kruvim, the bechina zevulan, that are noisim v'noisim v'mato v'maso matan k'dei lekayim u'lahachzik eshnei tamil chachamim. The two kruvim are merames to the two tamil chachamim. The additional two Kruvim are the two Zavulans. When the world is Masukan, like in La'asad Lava, that everyone will know God, then the nations of the world will be our farmers and they could support us and we won't need Yisachar Zavulan. Everyone will be Tamei Chachamim. But in the times of Shlomo, we weren't Zaycha to that, so Shlomo had to make another two Kruvim to be Mashpia and Hachzakas um, HaToyra to the two Tamei Chachamim standing on the Kapoiras. You see, the two Tamei Chacham standing on the Kaparas, 
they are the Torah them itself. It's miksha achas from the kapoiras. It's miksha achas from the Orain. But the two kruvim standing on their sides, even though they're not technically in the world of Torah in terms of the amount of time they spend, they are equally in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And they are badim that can never be removed. And then in Olam Haba, they are part and parcel of Etzem HaKadusha to, together with the Tamil Chachamim. In fact, the Chsam Soifer says that in his Drashos, that the Kruvim of Moshe, it says, Pneim Ishal Achiv, and Shlomo made two Kruvim, and they were facing the Beis HaMikdash. And Chassam Soifer explains it as follows, that the ones that Moshe made are the two Tamil Chachamim, they faced their brother, they are learning Bahalacha, and the two that Shlomo HaMelech made are the Ashirim, they are also facing each other, B'Shalom Uveshava, but Mitzadid Sadudi, meaning, Says Sam Sofer. They each have to live for each other. The Tamil Chachamim have a responsibility to guide, to ensure that the supporters of Torah are conducting their lives in the proper way in the Dar HaYeshara. And the Ashirei Ha'am have to oversee the Tamil Chachamim to provide for them properly. But if they're not looking out for each other, if the Ashirim are not looking to provide for Tamil Chacham. The Tamil Chacham are now looking to assist the observance of the Ashirim. That's what causes the Chorben Beis HaMikdash. The Sinas Chinam we're talking about is the Sina Bein Tamil Chachamim and the Machzikim. So this is the approach of the Chassam Soifer. approach of the Chassam Soifer is the reason why an additional two sets of Kruvim were needed in the times of Shloimai is because the additional Kruvim are the Machzike HaToyra. And the Machzike HaToyra were needed more in the times of Shlomo and times of Moshe. In times of Moshe, we were singly focused only on Kaddish Baruch Hu, so God provided us from heaven. In the times of Shlomo, when we were Metzadit Sedudi, when we relied to some extent on natural means, we needed additional support for the Tamil HaChamim, and therefore Shlomo added another two Kruvim. I would like to share with you an original idea of what exactly these two Kruvim were in the times of Shlomo. Because while Chassam Soifer says that in times of Moshe they were in an idyllic existence and the times of Shlomo they had a little bit of a more natural life, on the other hand it could be viewed in, in, in the other way as well. If you look in the Haftorah of this week's parsha, Vashem nasan chachma lishloimai. The pasuk says that it was in the four hundredth and eightieth year that the Jewish people left Egypt. Shlomo built the, the Beis Hamikdash. Why did Shlomo build the Beis Hamikdash specifically in the four hundred eightieth year? Lilis who is the angel of uh, contamination, is numerically valued at 480. In the year 480, we completely squelched the forces of Lilis, and when Shlomo HaMelech came to the throne, the Chida writes in his commentary to the Haftarah and Savare Shalal, 
The world was in a state of Sihara Ishtamusa. The moon was in completion. Meaning, Shlomo HaMelech brought the world to a level of completion where he subdued the Koychos of Tumah to the greatest extent the world ever knew, even greater than the Yimais HaMashiach. And then Shlomo built the first temple. We know the Shechina was in the first temple. There was a certain degree of overcoming the Koychos HaTumah in the times of Shlomo HaMelech than any other time. That being the case, that means they overcame this Malach Lilis. That's why they built the temple in the year 480. Let's discuss how the Koychos HaTumah in this world are apparent. The first time that we battled with the forces of Esav, the forces of Tumah, Esav wrestled with Yaakov. And the Pasuk says, Vayar He saw he was not be able to um, prevail over Yaakov Avinu. So what did he do? Vateka kaf Yaakov. Esav saw he would not be able to squelch and defeat Yaakov Avinu. So what did he do? He dislocated his hip socket. The Zohar HaKadr says, what does it mean Esav dislocated his, his hip socket? Esav knew that the power of Yaakov is Limar HaTayra. And Barasi Yitzhahara, Barasi Tayra Tavlin, the Tayra is the antidote to the Yitzhahara, the Tayra completely destroys the Yitzhahara. And Esav at first thought he would be able to stop learning Tayra. He'd be able to stop Yaakov's learning. And he realized there's no way he could take Yaakov head on. And therefore... Esav decided he has to go in a roundabout way. He has to, so to speak, get to the uh, soft underbelly of Yaakov Avinu. He can't stop him head on, stop him from learning. So, Vateka Kaf Yerach Yaakov says the Zayra Kadosh, Elu Tamchen Da He figured he can't stop Yaakov from learning, but Yaakov can't learn if he doesn't have support. He'll undermine the supporters of Torah. And that is what Esav did. What Esav has done is he'll never stop learning straight up. What he'll do is he'll, he'll cut the support of Loim Dei Taira and then indirectly he's, he's uh, undercutting the sustenance of the Loim Dei Taira and he's going to put an end to learning of Taira. So from here we see that when the Koychus HaTumah are rampant and they're strong, it is evident not in the way they, they don't put an end to Torah straight up, but they cut off and they mitigate Hachzakas HaTorah. Which it would come out then that when we overcome the forces of Tumah, how are we going to overcome the forces of Tumah? How do we demonstrate the, the complete squelching of the Kachis HaTumah? Through unbounded Limara Torah? No, because the, the Yetzirah was never able to attack that di- directly. The way we overcome the forces of Tumah is through increased efforts in the realm of Hachzakas HaTorah. Therefore, in the time of Shlomo HaMelech, which Chazal say it was Siharab Ishlamusa, the moon was full, indicating the dominion over the Koychos HaTumah. It was in the year 480. So Shlomo Amalek says, you know how I'm going to demonstrate overcoming the forces of Esav? By adding Hachzakas HaTorah, because the forces of Esav, they attack us. 
So how do we uphold, how do we strengthen the Yerech of Yaakov? The way we strengthen the Yerech of Yaakov is by strengthening the supporters of Torah. And therefore in the times of Shlomai, which was sort of the ultimate squelching of the Koychoy Satoma, Shlomai Melch put added emphasis on the two extra Zavulans that were standing in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Let's end off with the powerful words of Rabbeinu Yoyna and the Chafetz Chaim. Rabbeinu Yoyna tells us mm, the top of number 21 got a little cut off here. The Rabbeinu Yoyna says in the Igaras HaTshuva a person is obligated to be Isaac and Torah every single day. Talmud Torah is the greatest mitzvah. However, in the Sufri it says, just like Talmud Torah is the greatest mitzvah, the punishment for Bittal Torah is worse than other Averos. Here you have a guy behind bars. He was a murderer. He's an adulterer. And then you have another guy. He's sitting in his room, flipping channels between all the different news venues the entire day. So one guy is a criminal, and the other guy just wastes time. Who's worse? Say Chazal, in a certain regard, the guy who wastes time is worse. God could bring a person, tick on rectification for serious crimes, but wasting time? How do you, how do you make up for that? So that's a very scary idea. <laughs> that's such a tremendous onus on a person. I mean, can anybody say that, yeah, uh, yeah, that's. I'm pretty confident that when it comes to the way I spend my time, I could give an exact accounting for every minute of my life. I never, I never wasted any time. I never looked at the news unnecessarily. I never followed some kind of leisurely sporting event. I mean, who, who could say that? Could anybody? Maybe the Vilna Gaon, you know, Chazah, the Vilna Gaon, he could look back at the end of the year and he say, "Oh, I, I have four minutes of Bittul Taira." This year, I mean, who could he, who ha, who doesn't have more every hour? So how do we? What's our advocacy? Says The way to spare yourself from this serious indictment is supporting Tamidi Chachamim, Rabbanim, Lamdei Torah, Limadat Torah. This way, in your city, in your neighborhood, in your country, there are people who are strengthening in the limit of Torah because of you. And that is a legitimate answer to this question. As Shlomo HaMelech says, You know, we laugh at it. Any problem that money can't solve is not a problem. Well, money could solve this problem. Now obviously... A person has to give it their best shot to make use of their time. But on the other hand, who who could say that they are excellent in this area and by supporting Tamil Chachamim, this is a legitimate answer to this indictment. In fact, the Chavetz Chaim says that Torah is Ikar Hakal. Torah is the lifeblood of the whole universe. And he says... Not only people who spend their whole life working certainly have to think about, well, 
I don't know Shas, so I better support those who are learning. No, not only people who spent their life working. Says the Chafetz Chaim, Afilu oisan hanoshim shehem ba'atzman loim deitar mekayim mitzvahs. Here you have someone, he's, he learned Torah his whole life. So you say, okay, I learned Torah his whole life. This shear is for them. This shear is for people who went to school and went to work. They have to worry about supporting. Luckily, I'm a learner, so I don't have to support. No! The onus of supporting Torah rests on every single Jew. I always say that in a sense, the more a person learns, the more they have an obligation to support. Because somebody who learns Torah has a greater appreciation for what Torah is. He understands what Torah brings to the world. He understands the vitality of Torah. To an extent, it's the people who have dedicated to learning, they have the obligation to support. And the Chavetz Chaim quotes Chazal that says somebody who learned Torah and taught Torah and kept the Torah and he has the ability to support Torah and he didn't support, he's the opposite of Baruch. And therefore the Chafetz Chaim writes, he says, in the holy books it teaches us that those who support Torah, even if they were a complete Ama'aretz Ba'olam Hazeh, they will know the Torah in Olam Haba. And says the Chafetz Chaim, of course they will. They have a share in the learning of, of who they supported, and we know that Gan Eden, to a large extent, is created from the level of a person's knowledge of Torah. So if they were responsible for there being knowledge of Torah in the world, they will know Torah in Olam Haba. And therefore, says the Chafetz Chaim, a person should always think how one has to be machzik loim de Torah. Because in this world, let's say you're walking down the street and somebody said, um, let's say you're walking down the street and you saw somebody who knows the whole Masechta Erechen Baal You would say, wow, I wish I knew Erechen Baal I wish I knew Yeradeya. I, lo- I wish I knew Chayshin Mishpat. A person would probably say, you know, I would pay a lot of money to know this Perek or to know this Masechta. And that's even in this world when we don't even appreciate the value of such knowledge. And certainly in Olam Haba, where the Zayar says someone who inherits a Masechta, inherits an entire world. And therefore, if a person was smart in this world to make the investment to be Mechazek, Loim Dei Torah, then it will bring a person such great happiness in the afterlife that if a person thinks about this, they would run after Bale Torah and want to partner with them more than they run after. You ever see somebody who's about to buy a nursing home and he's just trying to get some capital and find a partner? He runs after the guy, he'll chase him down, whatever he could do to be a shutaf, to, to enter such a deal. Likewise, when it comes to Olam Haba, if a person had the opportunity to um, not only to be a loyme taira, a malame taira, to be a machzik taira, that would be the ideal partnership and opportunity and will give a person great brachas. And as we mentioned, 
such a hanhaga is the hanhaga of the badim of the arayim. This is not something that one should think about occasionally. This is something that should be on the forefront of a, of a person's mind. The same way v'higisa bayom v'layla, we also have a mitzvah of b'tabaois ha'arayim yu habadim lo yasuru mimenu. And in the times of shloimai, we've given two approaches of why this Indian had to be nischazik. Sam Soifer learns because in the times of shloimai, they couldn't just rely on the man. They needed more reliance on Zavulan. We suggested that in times of Shlomoy, where they wanted to give the knockout punch to the Koychei Satoma, and the Koychei Satoma exert their force against Vateka Kafiarach Yaakov, maybe that's why Shlomo put in the extra Kruvin. But whatever we do, to be Mechazek the Torah, the Arain is Noisei as Noisav, and we are vouchsafed that to those who are Mechazik the Torah, they are Zoycha to the great brachos of Oirech, Yamim, Bimina, Usmaila, Oisha, Bechavayim. Okay, Marv Rabboisai, uh, everyone's welcome to join us today at 5.30 p.m. for the Archos Chaim of the Rush. This week's Wednesday night shear is Tuesday night. This week's Wednesday morning shear, it will be briefly tomorrow at 10.40. Okay. There will be no shear this Friday and no shear this Monday, coming Monday. Um, we'll, we'll announce it more further in the week. Baruch everyone. Have a great day. Kalta.